Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 35th episode of the SWW Show. It's me, AJ. I got Mike alongside me. Um, yeah. <laughs> normally, normally we have stuff going on for to talk, you know, kind of shoot the shit in the intro, but I don't know. It's um, um. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I'm trying to think of anything. Did you have the massive storms, or is that yeah. just like a more Western Midwest thing? No. Yeah, we got them. Got them pretty bad, so that's why we didn't have a stream. I lost power for two days. I lost it from like Tuesday at like seven to like Thursday like noonish. Yeah, and we had a bunch of uh, we had internet outages, and we had we lost power, but I believe it was during the middle of the night. So fun, fun. We couldn't yeah, no, even that was... have done a stream, as far as I know. Yeah, no, I, that's that's why it's. Fun. Uh, I was gonna say that storm was a uh, interest. Uh, we had at one point. So where I am, we had like seventy thousand people with that power. Uh, so it's obviously a lot. But yeah, no, that was it. Was interesting watching over. I had like a really you know, like a thick oak in my backyard, and I was watching the thing literally sway with the wind. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really funny because my sister was panicking because she was parked on the driveway. So it been so if that tree went, it landed on her five day old car. Yeah, that's never fun. I was like, thank God I'm in the garage, which is now locked because we have no power. <laughs> well, and hey, if she lost her car, I mean, that's what uh, insurance is for. The, she just paid for that car with insurance because that's how she lost the last car. Well, guess what? The insurance <laughs> is getting another call. <laughs> but no, that's, what, that's what would make it extra funny is because... Literally, that's what just happened. Was was you an accident and insurance paid for a new car? Um, but yeah, no things. I don't think there's anything else really going on, kind of in our lives, the world. It's been a calm. I don't know. It's it's, it's August. Um, it's a lazy Sunday as we're recording this. Like that's true. I got I got to mow the lawn today. Um, after we're trying to keg, but otherwise, like I'm gonna chill. We'll get into a bit. I I I am applying some aspect. Uh, but yeah, actually, let's. I guess we'll start there. Um, Wait, hold up. So yeah. You have to mow your lawn. You don't pay some some kid to do it. I don't got good. I don't got kids in the neighborhood that want to mow a lawn. They have, no one's knocked on my door yet saying, "Sir, I provide lawn services." And I figure if I go door to door knocking, saying, "Do you have children who would like to be in my backyard?" It might be a problem. Well, just get on. What is it? Uh, neighborhood or whatever that. What are those apps called? Do you have small children who like to mow lawns? Please contact me. Well, you just put that on there, like, hey, looking, you know, does does anybody, well, first you would have to know, like, are there middle school age kids in the neighborhood? I live five minutes from middle school, not even, like three. Yeah, so that's the first step is knowing that they're there. Because mm-hmm. the last thing you want to do is put on the neighborhood <laughs> looking like, for small children. Look, you know, look, hey, you know, any middle school age kids looking for a summer job, and you know, there's nobody has middle age or middle school age kids. No, it's a very strong family issue. Um, 
Also, like, it's not a lot of work. To be honest, it's probably have to. I, I mowed the front half yesterday, so I was going to do the back half today. Uh, so it's going to be like half hour work. But no, I do not currently pay uh, children to do work. How much? How much does a children go for these days? Do we think? I'm trying to think what. Like, is it still that twenty dollar world we live in? Or is yeah, it not, like, it's, 50 it's like twenty to twenty or thirty. Hmm. I think it also depends on like. There's a couple people in the cul-de-sac that have riders. Mm, um, the probably cheaper ones. And like, if if you have a mower, like if I had a mower and I was like, "Hey, I'm gonna be gone for like three or four days. I'll leave it out back. Can your kid do it?" Like, then I'm like, okay, 20 bucks. Because I provide the goods. Yeah, because I you provide do everything. Actually, like... mine's electric, so, like, it's, it's not even, like, a gas problem where it's, like, yeah. messy and shit. But, like, if the kid had their own stuff? Yeah, that's a little bit more. I understand, because they're using their goods, wear and tear. Yeah, like, maybe 40. Do I have to pay this kid's health insurance if I, if I no, hire him? of course not. For kids. Hmm. That's true, they don't have sickness. That's good, that's good, that's good. Unless they live in Texas, apparently. <laughs> well, that was, that was calm. Uh, I, feel like, I feel like you stole that just because you want to transition into you playing a lawnmower son. No, I, that's not why I stole that at all, honestly. Like, honest oh, to God, I just, just wanted, like, I was curious, because I haven't been to your new house, so I haven't seen oh, yeah. like, wh- how big it is. Like, uh, I have like a quarter acre. Like, like if, it was, big, if it was your, it's not giant. Yeah, if it was your parents' place, then like thirty to forty. <laughs> Just because no, you guys have a huge ass backyard, but because you only saw the the second, yeah, you only saw that hopping house. Um, no, it's not quite that big. It's probably half of it from a yard point of view. Yeah, so twenty bucks. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't. It also like, you know it. It could be twenty where I'm at, but you know, it could be thirty where you're at just because it's it's you know, city prices like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you could have, for example, my one grandma lives on like four and a half acres. Oh. And I'd say probably. 65% of it is grass okay. that needs to be mowed. I would get paid like 40, 50 bucks for that. Mm. Granted, she had a rider because she would do it normally, but so, you know, like that's not a lot when you think about how big of an area it is. Because I mean, like, you know, the the neighborhood I'm in, they're like half fish acre plots. Mm-hmm. And the kids are getting, you know, twenty to forty. So you know, I feel like that that's the one thing that will never catch up to inflation is, you know, paying kids to mow your yard. It's always gonna be twenty dollars. 
You know, it was probably 20 bucks 100 years ago, and it's still going to be 20 bucks 100 years from now. Well, hunch that's probably not true, but I appreciate what you're saying. I mean, I'm nearly 26, and it's been $20 my entire life. Like, it's never gone up. So. But, yeah, no, if you want to go into the, the lawnmower simulator, uh, the whole reason that I even found out about this game is my local news station did a piece on it. Blowing up, hasn't it? I have no idea. Like, I've been um, seeing it on, like, social media a lot. Like I, I, like, I saw the game, but, like, I didn't see much about it. Yeah, like, it was a 30-second blurb on the morning news, and it's like, you know, here's a video game for all the dads or whatever. And... You know, it's it's you mowing lawns. It's a lot like uh, if you've played Farming Simulator, it's a lot like that in the sense of you're... Well, first off, I got to applaud their hitboxes because, like, there's one area that you have to mow out that's a... Uh, like a training ground for horse jumping. And there's obviously the ones that are, you know, four things high, but then there's the bottom two missing. And you could actually drive your mower into that to get the, get the grass that's right up to the edge and stuff like that. So, you know, it, it's pretty cool. Cause like even I think Arma had that issue. Like, there were a lot of things in Arma that looked like you could go through them, but they were just solid, you know, solid boxes. So it's pretty cool that they did that. You know, it's got um, three or uh, I think four uh, licensed brands uh, of mowers. So, you know, it's got... Uh, Toro, Tiger, Knight, and well, another one that I've never heard of, but um, it's it's weird because it's not like it is a relaxing sim, but it's also not because you're trying to get all the grass mode, but you can't run into anything, and you know you have to be super careful and, and things like that where like farming simulator you can just kind of relax while playing that so you have to watch like I assume the levels and stuff and go back and like do the now here's the actual question do they offer electric or is only gas mowers it's all gas mowers they have mulcher side discharge rear discharge and baggers so like the bagger one like it will fill up so there are places where you need to um go and empty that i haven't run into a situation where i filled up a bagger yet really okay um just because the, the areas that i'm doing right now are pretty small so i'd imagine you'd run into an issue where like the only thing you have is a bagger and it's a huge area and you'd have to empty it. Um, 
and some of the places like some of the contracts that you have um they require certain types hmm. so like uh you could have contracts that require a mulcher or require a bagger or um well those would be the only two the other discharge ones or whatever but so you know you have to think about especially early on like planning out okay i've got a bagger and so i can do everything right now but Am I going to circle around to a point where I need a mulcher because they want it to go, you know, whatever. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and it's it's the typical, right, like, expand your empire and hire employees and things like that, so. And that makes, that, that works well. Uh, so, yeah, as I kind of said earlier also, I've been playing, uh, the, I picked up the Mass Effect Remastered trilogy. Uh, so I beat Mass Effect 1, I think as we talked about either on a stream or whatever. Um, and now I've transitioned into Mass Effect 2. I think last night I just did like the whole intro, like you reawake mission and all that. Uh, immediately I forgot how much better this game plays. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, how, it's such a like... How are you playing there? Are you playing at Paragon or Renegade? Uh, Paragon. Yeah, that's. I feel like that's the only way to like. I've played at Renegade before. The issue with Renegade is you have to watch it because I don't want to actively kill everyone too. So there's that weird pure yeah. balance. Well, it's like because okay. obviously stuff like like the decision in one like racks or whatever. Like it's very much like yeah. there are moments that like that is truly the Renegade option, but like it's super hard to do because the story ramifications are massive. Well, also like. You got to play the balance of, like, I feel like in one, the decisions you had to make to save characters, like, there was a clearly better character. Are you talking about the, like, Caden versus Ashley moment? Well, because, like, that, or don't you have to, is it Rex in one? Uh, there's the moment in, in one when you're, before, actually, right before Caden Ashley moment. Yeah. Where you have to basically decide with Rex, are you going to either kill him, make him leave, or basically calm him down? Yeah. And like, so you, defi- you definitely two of those moments Rex he walks out alive. Because, yeah. You right. definitely want Rex because he's just a tank. And like, but the, the Caden actually one's easy. Like, when you when you look at like what they both offer. Oh, sure, I just never use the soldiers, so, like, I'm not emotionally yeah. connected to either of them is my problem. Yeah, Like, my, but... my issue with the Kid decision is solely because, like, I'm like, yeah, but, like, I don't use either of you. Yeah, I never... <laughs> I think I used... I saved Ashley, I think. And I used her, like, in the beginning of 2, and that was it. Like, once I started... Yeah, to, because... Once I started to get some of the old crew back together... Like Ashley never made it onto my onto my team, right? Because like especially like Liara, Halia, and 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 um um I'll come Gareth, yeah, Gareth, like all like come so good. Gareth, you mean? Like it's yeah, Gareth. And, like it, they come so good. Like it's not even like oh, well, and then obviously in two you have so many characters to choose from. 
that are you have like the shadow broker DLC, like all of those things that like make so much better characters. Well, I was gonna say the the DLC that they added to two, like you have such an easy time playing three if you use the DLC characters. Oh yeah, because like Jack is Jack is an OP character. Wait, is Jack part of the DLC? I know I knew Shadow Broker. I don't remember Jack. I don't remember who the second one. I think Jack was DLC. I thought it was the um not Jack. I thought it was the other prisoner. There's right. a guy who was like like some ex warmonger or something. I thought it was him. Hold on, I've got Origin open because I was downloading some stuff. Let me check. Uh, Emmy. I know Shadow Broker is for sure one. Like that one, I'm positive. Uh, extra content expansions DLC bundle. Um, she was a couple pieces. I thought. I know three is stolen memory, Overlord, Lair of the Shadow Broker, and Arrival. That's a lot. Um, so yeah, that's. So that's kind of what I was gonna say. What's partially fun with this is I don't remember everything about these games. So like that's kind of like the oh yeah this happened. Like I rough I could roughly tell you story points, but I can't tell you piece by piece. Like I completely forgot two is about them building. Like how how like how like I've got like the the like I said two. I'm like oh no it's building the team. It's you're working for Martin Sheen, but like I forgot like the big kind of points. Yeah. Um. I don't think... Like Zane or some shit's his name? Liara is part of the Shadow Broker DLC. But she's not the Shadow Broker, I thought. Yeah, she is. Is she? she? Oh, she... she I thought there was another... in three? Yeah, I thought she... I thought in two it was someone else. I could make that up. I thought... I remember I thought it was something else. Zaid... Zaid is what I'm thinking of. Zaid's a trash character. He sucks. But I thought he was the DLC piece. I don't know. Not he, Jack. He's part of Cerberus Net or something. Um, hold on. Kasumi. Kasumi is definitely a new squad member because it says new squad member weapon research and achievement. I thought she was the Shadow Broker. Kasumi. No, she's like uh It's like a picture in my head. It's like she's like where's black? She Yeah, she's like uh Tali. Mm-hmm. I think she's like that alien race that they can't take off their helmets or whatever. Um but yeah. Anyway, um Mass Effect trilogy obviously is as good as ever. Uh the thing I don't like, which is the actual complaint I have, is they kept the I don't know if you had these views. There's certain bugs in Mass Effect 1s, like in certain fights, if you use, like, like, against Saren, if you use, like, um, I think if you use one of the powers or whatever, it just breaks the game. Uh, oh, so those that, are things was, they... that was the one, the final fight in 1 was the one time I used yep. Ashley, because, like, apparently she's OP in that. Because you can't use some of the powers. Yeah. There's something, something in the coding, it just breaks the game. Which is very frustrating. Well, but... and the most frustrating part was, like, I I was bashing my head against that fight, and I was getting pretty far into it. So then I was like, okay, I'm just going to look up, like, is there, you know, am I just the completely wrong build? 
Turns out, yeah, I was because I was playing a sniper, but um, they it was like, oh, have Ashley and I forget who the other one was, and it makes your life so much easier. Well, I had Ashley, but I had I think Garrus was my second, so it was just it was not uh, a fun time with that fight. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Mass Effect is such an interesting, like... Although, I forget, considering the games are each about, I think, two or three years apart, it is shocking how much of a jump one to two is. Well, I think two was... You know, maybe they had the the ammo stuff in two, but that's such an easy thing to take out. Like, instead of having an ammo count, you just have a heat engage. I think is what it is in two. One is the heat engage. One is the heat engage, not two. Um, I thought one had the ammo stuff that you have to pick up. No, that's two and three. Oh, oh that's what it is, right? It you get rid of the heating gauge, and you add yeah. which the ammo just feels so much better. Yeah, I understand the idea of the heating gauge. The ammo feels so much better. Well, and uh, like none of the guns in the first one are like they all overheat way too fast. Yeah, especially like snipers. So you're like, oh, well, yeah, like a sniper is a one shot overheat. Mm-hmm. So you're like, well, this is gonna suck. And then in two and three, that's what it is. That's why they're so much better in terms of gunplay because you're not you're not worried about the gun not firing. And you only have like a couple guns in two and three because it's just one you could use every gun, and two and three you're gonna use the guns of your class. Yeah, um, I think in two when they start introducing that, if I remember right, and so I played the trilogy before they came out with this legendary edition or whatever. And so two was still broken in the sense of if you played a sniper the right way, you could use any gun. Oh, thanks. They had the things. Yeah. Okay. Uh, because, I am playing like, you as could, you could do like a subclass. I think it is in two. And if right. you did that right, you could have every gun in the game. Use so it. I played as a Vanguard in one and I'm playing as an adept in two. Uh, just because they, because the issue in two is they pulled some of the powers I really like from Vanguard and moved it to adapt, so I just screwed on the switch. Um, which and that's, like that's such a good like the ending. Well, the beginning of two is such a good way to get you into like here's a chance to if you right, and it makes sense like, why. Yeah, it's also funny because like it's very interesting to me the general. Um, theming of like obviously like the first game is like you're a soldier the second game is like i am a renegade kind of the outskirts of the law like it's very interesting i forgot kind of like how a big kind of pivot point really lets you kind of do these soft resets really smart and it, and it explains kind of why you have a mixture of your old crew not just because we feel like it well no one is building up to you being a what is it a you could specter you come specter like I was in though. Like that's very early in that game. Yeah, but that's the whole like you're a specter, but then don't like you become like head specter or something like 
there's a push to you progressing down the like political path in one. Whereas, uh, whereas two is like, oh, you're just a merc. Like, there's a yes and no moment thing. when I, I argue that in one. I think it's partially because it's the whole like, human influence thing, and, and it leads to kind of like you making this is the grand decision at the end of one. You decide kind of is the council going to be more politics centric or more war centric? That's the that's the decision of do you pick the ambassador or do you pick, do you pick I think what's his face? Any, any chance that I got, I screwed over the council. Yeah, I killed him. Because the council never does anything for you. They just always hate you. So and like, also okay. it's funny because like that decision the decision to like kill him or not is is one that's truly just like is written as a great decision. Like there is no right answer. But like as if you go from the point of view of Shepard, there really is a right answer, but like the game doesn't penalize you in either direction for it. Yeah. Well, Which I find interesting because like to me that is the correct answer is to not save them. Yeah. Just remember playing through too that you need to uh make sure you save everyone at the end. Well yeah, that's so that the infamous like obvious thing. Well, I think it's, it's not only the infamous decision of like making sure you save everyone, but it just makes the third one so much easier. The, the only example that I lost last week to, and it'll be interesting, because I'm going to not look it up. I'm going to try to see if I can figure it out on time. I lost Legion at the end of two last time. Because he does the thing where he like, peeks his head out the door. I'm trying to remember how... I, I think you have to points. lose somebody. It's No, there's a trophy for getting everyone. Uh, there's something specific with um, him and Talia. You have to like have certain emotional stats or whatever, and he won't do that because I'll be helping her. Yeah. I thought in two so like, a... there, there was one like there was one. No, two. That there is a definitely going to eat eat it. No, there is a trophy for everyone, so it is possible. Um, it's just that one. He's the one. So both of them are obvious. Like you just upgrade the hole. You save that. Like it's certain obvious ones, easy ones. His is just not as easy. Um, but then three, they were able to kind of retcon it and deal with it if he's lost without repercussions. Like, where if you lose, like, other ones, it's a big deal. Well, and Legion's easy because he's just, he's an AI, so they could put him in anything. Right. Yeah, exactly. Whereas, like, if you lose... Grunt. Yeah. Well, or if you... you what's the... You get Grunt, but what's Rex doing? Uh, he's just out there. You right. meet him, but he's out there. Yeah, he's just... Doesn't like, matter. He exists. Yeah. He can so. make your life easier in some missions, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he will never, he's never like that. Yeah. But yeah, okay. Um, kind of jumping. The only other thing on this list is it says you've been playing already 7 and 8. Yeah, there's a, a bundle on Steam for... Uh, RE7, the season pat. Hold on, let me pull up the exact bundle. Because it's a very good deal. It is. Oh, is it under eight? Page. Yeah, it's called the Resident Evil Village and Resident Evil 7 Complete Bundle. 
So it's got RE7, the Season Pass, RE Reverse, which is the multiplayer thing, Village, and the Village Trauma Pack, which is one of their DLC things. Um, includes include members Samurai's Edge Weapon, the Mr. Everywhere Accessory, a screen filter, special safe room, background music, and many more items to help dredge up Ethan's um, it's 80 bucks okay, so it's both games are 80 bucks? it's both, so RE7 is 30 the season pass is still 30, so that's 60 there alone. Village is 60, so that's 120. And then the trauma pack is 13 bucks. So the the price if you bought it all individually is like 130 some odd bucks. And it's 80 bucks. So you save $53 it says by going this way. Wow. Well. Do you, so you're going to check out, because don't you get the, like, uh, multiplayer thingy or whatever for free when it comes out? Yeah, Reverse. Yeah. I, I think it's out. Yeah. I thought it was, I thought it got delayed. Am I crazy? Oh, hold on. Let me, because I can look at the, uh, Reverse. Here we go. Coming soon, it says. I had seen, it must have been, like, the, what, demo or, uh, like, a beta or something. Possible. I just thought the actual releases. Yeah, it's like uh, you play as classic RE characters. So, like, there's Leon, there's Chris, there's. I think Jill is one of them. Yeah, so it's a bunch of the. Uh, a bunch. I think it's most of, if not all of, the. RE mains and then it's all of the villains so it's like um, the guy from 7 the uh, mutant was it X the, the baddie from 8 like you know so it's uh, it says it's a TDM or six-person deathmatch. Um, but, yeah. It'll be interesting to see when it comes out, because if it's just, like, a straight-up, like, third-person shooter, I don't know, because, you know, with with the way they went with seven and eight of it being first-person, you know, it, it's a little weird. It'll be a nine. It's just a matter of when... It's a little weird that um, it's that way. So here you can buy the Village Deluxe Edition, which is Village Reverse and the Trauma Pack. That's seventy one fifty, whereas for an extra eight bucks, you can get RE seven complete. So, not, not bad. Yeah, it's a it's a really good deal. I mean, obviously, like RE seven is usually part of the Steam sales, so you could get that cheaper. But 
I don't see RE8 going down anytime soon. Maybe this Steam Winter Sale. But, um, yeah, I mean, in terms of, like, bang for your buck, right, it's, it's 80 bucks, which is what, you know, most deluxe editions cost nowadays. And you get two deluxe editions, basically. And I'm only in seven so far. Uh, I just started that the other day. And by God, the graphics are bad in it. It's it's crazy. Like the the uh, the environments look pretty good, but the character models are just I don't know. The hair's terrible. The hair is terrible, and then like some of the uh, some of the textures are a little sharp in the sense of you know not as many polygons. It seems like so. Okay. Nice. Yeah, looks uh, like getting to eight, and hopefully it looks better. It will, because that was the whole like moment. I'm looking to anything else. I think that's it for playing. Uh, jumping to what we've seen. Uh, we got a bit on this list, but let's start with... So we both saw the Space Jammy. Yep. Right? Um, I guess we both just saw the Suicide Squad, which I didn't write down. Uh, for both the last two movie clubs. So yeah, obviously people go check those out. But I'm just saying, the more I think about it, yeah, I'm going to stick with the original Space Jam's better. I don't know. It's <laughs> not that great. Neither are, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, like, the new Space Jam is, is what, what it is. Um, otherwise... Yeah, like, it's what a modern version of that is, right? Like, of course, it's going to be centered around video games. Like, that's just how it works. That's fair. Um, I've seen Black Widow. Uh, I think it's a okay Marvel movie. Uh, I think they're objectively better. They're objectively worse. I don't think it's a bad film. Uh, so if you care about that stuff, might be worth checking out. I actually might wait till it's on free Disney Plus. Well, but I... me. I heard a lot of the sentiment around that movie was it fell into the Marvel tropes of the female characters. I don't know if that's my problem with it as much as I feel. So it takes place in this number. It takes place right after Civil War. So my issue is consequences don't matter because you already know the consequences. Yeah. So that's my problem with it. It's, it's a film that I think it was released at that time might have actually mattered a lot more. But yeah, because guess, we know everything, like it doesn't matter. Or we yeah. at least know enough, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it, it is weird to have them release. Even when this was supposed to be released, it would have been after. It's been after everything still. So like, yeah. it didn't change. It just changed. TV shows came before, but no movie did. But, like, um, it, you know, it was after... Uh, Endgame or whatever the second Avengers one was so 
yeah, it's weird for them to be going back, like, in the past for this, because, like, I don't know. Everybody wanted a Black Widow movie, but I feel like when they released it, nobody wanted a Black Widow movie. It's not a bad idea in theory, because, like, she's not a bad character. Um, Part of the issue with this film is inherently because it's Black Widow, there will be no superpowers. It's not like, a, oh, well, Iron Man has superpowers. Yeah, but he has, like, cool technology. Like, there's stuff kind of to make up for it. Black Widow, like, it's, like, spy film, but, like, Captain America does spy films better? <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's almost like she needed a, someone else with her. Even if it wasn't a female, it's fine, but, like, it needs someone else that make it feel more like it matters or the scopes were bigger. So it is, like, a world-ending story, but it at no point feels like it should be. Yeah. I don't know, every time that I think about that movie existing, I'm like, okay, they only greenlit that so they can get, you know, the uh, the Anne Hathaway shot from Dark Knight Rises when she mounts the uh, bat bike. Like, the most infamous shot? Yeah. They just wanted that with their version of that character. Like, hmm. like obviously Catwoman and Black Widow aren't the same character, but... But in a lot of ways, I in think they're of, very similar. In terms of their costuming, they're very much the same character. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, but yeah, um, I would say wait the, I think, four more months or whatever, but that's Well, me. I guess the ultimate question, was that movie worth ruining any chance you had at being back in the MCU? What do you mean? With Scarlet suing Disney. She was done anyway, so it doesn't matter. I know, but like... Her getting back in any, I guess, was Black Widow worth her ruining her chance at doing anything with Disney? But if I go back to what would she do with them? Like, that's my point. Anything, right? Not just MCU, but like, anything. I guess. I guess that's fair. Also, Disney shouldn't have breached contract, but. Well, also, what were you going to do? Just sit on this thing until it. Had no or opinion. you have to renegotiate. That's what they did with Wonder Woman because didn't Gal Gadot have like a thing, clause in her contract so it controls. So this way they renegotiated so that way it didn't matter. Yeah, well also HBO was smart about that and just did everyone's all at once. But, sure, but the point was though what they, Disney should have done is renegotiate. Yeah. Also, and then what I they could like... do then is they could put pressure on her if they, she wouldn't and be like, well we can't lease this until she renegotiates. I feel like the Disney Plus situation's a little different because they were charging for them. But it didn't count from a legal standpoint, because box office has a legal definition. Right. But, like, with the HBO stuff, like, they weren't charging, so you couldn't point and be, like, you know, you couldn't point you at a definite point. number. You could still point at saying it's lowing counts, because you of could. course it would. You could, but with them charging and, for it, you can have like a definitive, hey, we lost out on this much at the bare yeah, minimum. So no, so you could at the end of the day just say it's a breach of contract, and most contracts probably have a breach of contract clause of what it's worth. Yes, I mean, like a, lot of, most... a lot of entertainment contracts are different than you think, because movie contracts get weird. Um, like, I know some, 
there's some studios, I don't know if they still do it, where they had, like, they had clauses where they could just breach the contract whenever they wanted. Really? Yeah. Basically, the the studio could be like, oh, we don't want you anymore, so we're going to breach the contract, and then you're done. I seem like, like, I know some game contracts, right? In broad terms, they usually have some sort of a good game contract that you should actually sign. Have a clause in there that says, if we breach this, or you're allowed to act, right? Um, which is what what I assumed film contracts are a lot more. There are some game contracts that fuck you also. Uh, but as we've been seeing on social media recently, don't sign those fucking contracts. But which would side note? Did you see this thing circling on social media where an indie dev basically published like a contract they refused to sign because it had insane shit? Like, so as most people probably know, tangent. Um, the idea of publishing in a lot of ways is studios will give you money, right? Towards the front half or at certain milestones so you could finish up your game. Uh, in this contract, it stated that at any point, the publisher could pull the developer off it, hire anyone they want for an unlimited time period, and the developer has to pay them back for the new money. Oh, okay. Uh, which was the most insane clause in a contract I've ever seen in my life. I mean, I've heard yeah. of stuff like that for, like, VFX work, so... But, like... It's not... As a develop... I'm not saying insane. it's... It's definitely insane, but I'm not saying it's out of the ordinary. Sure, no one should sign that. Well, you there's, have there's unlimited liability. Like, like, a lot of the VFX houses that have to do those contracts are because, like, Weta and ILS... Like, the big names can charge big bucks. And, you know, studios know that, like, if you want to get Weta, you're going to have to deal with whatever. And so there's a bunch of these smaller houses where the studios just go to them and say, look, here's your contract. Take it or leave it. And they can't afford to leave it. So they're forced into it. So I've heard contracts to me where you like that's a hundred like you get fucked on the back end of like recoup costs and stuff. But to me the insane part of that contract was that you then owe them money back if they have someone else finish the game. That's the part that was insane to me. Was the it, you only owe them potentially unlimited money. I I would want to reread that because it I would feel like you would have to pay back what they paid you. No, that's not what it said. I read the thing. It was and any future costs. So if they if they, so say you're the developer, they're the publisher, right? And one of the things you gave up IP rights and game rights in this contract. Basically, what it was was then they go, okay, now they're great. They own it at any point if they determine your work's unsatisfactory, they can fire you off the project, hire a new development team, and you have to pay that development team. I don't see how that would stand up legally. So maybe it wouldn't, and I don't know what country it was, to be fair, but I read that, I was like, what the fuck? That's such an insane, like, that's the insane clause to me. Like, that feels like... That is cause for that publisher to get raked over the coals. Because... Right, like... You, like... At least in the States you can't be expected to cover the cost if you're no longer on the project. 
there are moments you can, but it has to be just. There's a some legal justification standard. Well, but like it, that standard has been proven by like contractors, like building contractors. Uh, if as long as they fuck it up, if they fuck it up, there's some level you can. Well, no, you fix. can you can like uh, say you're building an office, okay, and mm-hmm. you hire a general contractor. And that general contractor hires out every other job because that's how that works. If if that general contractor isn't hitting deadlines that you had negotiated with them, you can fire them. And then obviously you lose all the other crews. But that general contractor can't be expected to pay the next general contractor. You know, like, that's that's been a legal thing for decades. So, like, I feel like in the States, that would not... If somebody had to do that, they would get just sued into the stratosphere, and then that studio would own that publisher. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would be curious to see what country that contract was in because that really sounds like a Eastern Europe or Asian. Let's see what where the indie dev was from. So it could have been. Also, he was he was saying he he was showing the contract, but he was blacking out to like who it was. Yeah. Uh, well, but yeah. yeah, you don't you don't want to burn a you know even though you're burning the bridge. But like, it's don't you publicly burning it? Yeah, there's yeah. a line. There's like. There's a multiple tiers of burning that bridge. It might be an eventual repairable bridge right now versus that eventually burning the bridge. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. obviously the publisher is going to know, right? Like, sure. Like that's true. But no, I just saw that. And I was like, I just can't. I, I read that contract. I was like, I can't. Huh? <sighs> yeah. um... Transition. Uh, it says to you've been watching Hard Knocks. Yeah. It's what the, is Hard? It's the new, uh, the new series of Hard Knocks. Hmm. Uh, so it's the Cowboys this year. Oh, okay. So. Yeah. How is it? Uh, so far, I mean, it's just the first episode that's been out to, you know, as we're recording this so um, it's uh, you know it, it's hard knocks so it, uh, it is what it is it is what it is like if you're into football it's really cool if you're not then it's not worth it you know I think like if you're not really into football, the best parts of Hard Knocks make it onto Twitter. Okay. So. Uh, right. Yeah, I wouldn't worry about. Too much. I wouldn't worry about it too much if. Uh, you know, you're not. Not into football. That, be, that being said, like it is fun to see like how some of these organizations work and things like that. So 
This is like the second or third time that Cowboys have done it, so. Okay. Nice. Alright, yeah. Um, I think that was the only thing that matters. Kind of. The other stuff, I've been watching Last Dance, or I did watch Last Dance, good as everyone said. Also watched The Men Who Stare at Gods. Have you seen that film? I've seen it a couple times. It's such a good fucking film. It is my shit, that film. Well, so watch that, and then watch, uh, what is it, Three Kings, I think it's called? It's another, it's a, like, uh... I've seen a different one of those. I know we talked about it a while, a year ago, where it was one where it's kind of the same vein of it, but it was about, what did the U.S. military do? It was something about, something about, like, CIA or some shit. It was very similar... Film, but like kind of god what did i watch i mean in case it was three kings i watched i just don't think it was it's not on hbo so it, it was, was HBO. on hbo when i saw it let's see yeah. it. let's see the one I uh george clooney mark Wahlberg, spike jones ice cube yeah that's the one i'm thinking of the one i was thinking of with uh, Three Kings is basically what Battlefield Bad Company 1 is based on. Really? Of there being this stash of gold. Um, it's really interesting. It's a little weird, though, because it's 99, and it feels like it was shot for, like, 60 bucks. Oh, it's on no, Prime I Video. Saw a movie, I saw the movie about tanks. What the fuck is that film? Fury? Is it Fury? It's about it's about a film where the U.S. And this is a real story where the U.S. government could bring so much money in this vehicle that it ended up being pointless because none of the generals kind of knew what they wanted from it. It was very much similar to the Men of Stokes. And it's not Fury because Fury is World War II and it's about... No, it's like a modern... So I could find it. It's a very specific. The Pentagon Wars. That's what it is. Oh, from '98. Yeah, with Richard. Ben- yeah, Ke- Kelsey Kramer. That's who. Yeah, Kelsey Kramer's in it. Viola Davis in it. John C. McKinley. That's one that reminds me very much of the Mindy Stoke goes. Yeah, I mean. The the thing of it is, right, like, the Menu Stare at Goats at least wasn't originally designed to be a comedy. Yeah, which is insane that I don't just, like, I understand it wasn't, but, like, that's, it fits so well as a comedy. Whereas the Pentagon Wars was written as a comedy, so it's a little bit different, but. but they, I think tone-wise they feel very similar. Yeah. Which I think they're also both HBO, so it makes sense. Well... Pentagon Wars is HBO. Uh, Men Who Stare at Goats is yeah, the- theatrical. I thought it was also HBO, though. From Production House. Man, oops. Ooh, Stare at Goats, 2009. Stare at Goats. It was... What? Who was it? Grant Haslov, produced by Lister Clue. Distribution, and... BBC Films. No, it's BBC. That's what I was thinking. Uh, Men Who Stare at Goats? 
Yeah. No, it's Overture and Momentum. Uh, no, I'm looking at it right now. The Minute Star Goats is production companies. It's Smokehouse and BBC Films. Yeah, oh, you look at distribution. Distribute, yeah, distribution is Overture and Momentum. And I think the only reason BBC Films is part of it is because they used some of their coverage. Mm-hmm. I remember, like. There's a weird story about why the BBC is involved with Minor Seracodes. Uh, it's a fun film, I think, and if you want like one of those dumb goofball comedies, I think it's really funny. And it's an amazing cast. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, okay. Jumping to the news! The news, news. Did you, did you have the news bumper ready? We don't have a news bumper. Yeah, damn it. Okay. First thing, uh, I'm having trouble getting it to load. Uh, it's a quick thing. But if anyone is curious, if they want to go around for the Space Jam, since we're talking about it, the Michael Jordan Space Jam, uh, there's a draft out there that is fucking wild, the original Space Jam film. That, that has been someone's like thing. If I remember right, I think it was John Drake's brother. I've uh, been compiling this for like 20 years. Uh, the original draft of Space Jam. And it's as wild as you think it would be. Did you skim any of this, AJ? I had skimmed this. Chunks of this have been out there. Right, but it's never been together. This is the right. first time it's like all in one kind of format in the correct order, like fully together. Yeah, I skimmed through it when it was like when I could get bits and pieces of it. So, but, You know, uh, it is insane. So yeah, I just think it's worth checking out if it's interesting to people. Just Google for it. It's a Google Drive link. It'll pop up in one of the news sites. Um, next thing. Uh, with our love affair in Sonic and this podcast, AJ, we had to bring it up. Idris Elba is officially Knuckles in the second Sonic film. How ready are you? Is your body ready? My dogs love it. Hold on. <laughs> Yeah, so people who didn't know, this was released solely because he tweeted something out. That just said, it was just like him just with a knuckle or whatever. It was fucking great. As we were waiting for AJ to return. Yeah, I, I mean, the the whole thing about this is like, I don't know. Idris seems to be on like a a tear of not caring. So he's pulling the uh, Tyrese Gibson, you know, just making that money. I'm like, <sighs> I would expect who I wanted for Knuckles. It just was not who I expected. Yeah. So I'm yeah. not okay. looking forward to it. I can tell you that much. First one wasn't bad. We both enjoyed the first one. It was. For what it was, it was good. It was maybe the second best video game movie of all time. Just saying. What would you put as the first? I'd probably argue... So this is gonna... I think the top three, if we're being objective, is... Is goes Detective Pikachu, Sonic, and then the Mortal Kombat that we watched. I mean, the Tomb Raider movie wasn't terrible. 
Sure. I might put that ahead of Sonic. And I also enjoyed the MK movie, I think, more than you did, so... But I agree, I think it's still one of the best video game movies. I think I think there are other ones that are just so atrocious. <laughs> I haven't seen Detective Pikachu, so I can't rank that one. But... I remember not loving it, I thought the plot was too simple. But it still was fine. Like, it's one of the things, like, the world... It's, it's every kid's dream of the world they wanted to see, slash, it's Ryan Reynolds as Pikachu. Yeah. Playing a PG Ryan Reynolds, which is usually just fun to begin with. Which one is it? I want to go check out Free Guy at some point. I don't. That thing looks trash. It has amazing reviews, which is surprising. I don't know. I I watch the trailers and I just die. It looks bad. It looks like my shit. Uh, Next news story. As we click one. Uh, Clerks 3 is officially announced and filming after infamous hiatuses for how many fucking years? So I believe it's next year uh, from Lionsgate we will officially have Clerks 3. Well, uh, there's also a reason why Clerks 3 wasn't getting announced. Sure. Fairly recently, so. But like now it's official, it's filming, it's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now that Now that it's out from underneath the Weinstein stuff. And they got the entire cast to agree, yeah. which is one of the other things was one of the I think it was some degreeing to doing it. Yeah. Um. Next news story. Uh, Jeopardy news. We have two hosts for Jeopardy now. Um. First, there's a spinoff Jeopardy from Mayam Balek, the female in, in Big Bang. Um. Who's also like. She's a legit. She's got a legit PhD in something. Also, apparently, know, like she's super. Smart. She's also apparently a huge anti-vaxer. So <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. And then the other funny part. So then that's a spin-off show. And then the main one is gonna be Mike Richards, who did guest hosting, which is funny because he was the executive producer, also in charge of searching for a host. So there's no comment on that one there. Well, from. I think the only people that actually really wanted to do it, from what I've heard, were uh, Jennings and they had one other that was interested in doing it, but like... No one really wanted Ken Jennings to do it. I'm going to be honest with you. He's fine to show up. Yeah. But like, he's not... It's because it's such a commitment, time-wise, too. Well, it isn't, though. Like, as the host, like... It it was part of the reason why people were thinking that Aaron Rodgers could actually do it. It's like two or three months of the year. Yeah, because you film, you know, and I'm sure they could change the schedule around his football, yeah. his football schedule, you know, so like they could film four months or something, you know, three to four months. What part of the things is whoever took that job probably knew they were under so much pressure. Yeah. Like, like, objectively, they were under so much. Well, the thing that cracks me up about this whole search was, you know, the internet wanted LeVar Burton so bad. The correct answer was LeVar Burton. LeVar Burton then hosts it, and it's the worst ratings it had done. That's when I also realized, didn't realize that Mika Burton 
was like in the video game industry and his daughter. Yeah, she was with Brewster Teeth for a bit. But I didn't realize that was his daughter. Like I saw her yeah. name float, but I just never processed it until she's like my dad. I was like, wait, what? I hate to say it, I think a lot of the reason that she has a lot of the doors open for her is because her dad is LeVar Burton. And, like, I know, like, he did stuff, and, like, obviously community, like, brought him back to popularity. Yeah. But, like, did people really know who he was? No, because everybody references reading Rainbow as, like, why he should have done Jeopardy. Like, did anyone watch that? But the people that would have watched reading Rainbow weren't the ones calling for LeVar Burton. Right. It was community fans. Yeah. It was community fans that then realized that he had done this other stuff and went back and watched Reading Rainbow, not people that watched it when it was actually airing. So, yeah, I you know. Everybody, like, I, I will say this about this whole Jeopardy search. Like, of the ones that I saw, Aaron Rodgers did the best. And I think it would be really interesting to have somebody like that take over because they are so accomplished in something already versus, you know, the executive producer and somebody they got famous on another TV show. Like, the the problem with Jeopardy is you don't want the host to be bigger than the show. Especially when they're first starting. Like, obviously, Alex started to get bigger than the show. That's a unique, like... And then over time, it could happen. Yeah, when he started, he was nothing in the States. He had done some stuff in Canada, but... You know, he he was a nobody in American TV... And then he developed into what he was. Whereas all the people that they were trying out were already there. So I just feel like it would have been rough. Except for Rogers, because Rogers doesn't do TV. So he was literally starting from, you know, that's why I liked him. He was going to start from where Rex started. So, it's funny because he was the executive. Like it's just yeah, but yeah. Okay. Um, some trailer stuff we have. I don't know how many people have seen them. Uh, I have four trailers. I think are worth mentioning. The viewers should go check out. It includes the Ghostbusters Afterlife trailer, the Jackass Forever trailer. We officially have the full trailer for Dune, and we have the trailer for Julia, which is the the documentary about Julia Child. Did you watch any of these? Do any of these trailers stand out to you? I watched the Jackass Forever and the Dune trailer. Okay. Um, we're, we're, we're doing a movie club on Jackass Forever, right? Sure. I mean, I don't. I forget when it releases. Uh, this year, I think later. Yeah, we might have some other movies that would take. But we might take precedent, okay? Over Jackass, but um. I'm 
genuinely thinking that when I go see Jackass Forever, it's going to be a, not a dry eye in the theater because this is the last Jackass movie. Oh, yeah. Do you think it ends with someone dying? I imagine it ends with someone dying. I mean, so far, I haven't heard of anybody from that crew dying. They hide it into... No, that would be the most jackass shit. Is like, we don't... They don't tell anyone until at the end, like, at the last scene. I mean, the thing of it is, they've interviewed, like... Because it's back in such a big way, they've had the whole cast out doing press stuff. So you can see recent interviews with, like, Dave England or... Uh... Steve-O or Knoxville, you know, like, all of the main guys. Even Pontius was doing some stuff. Like, so if it happened, it would have to be very soon. Because, I mean, I'm really curious, though. I wonder if they filmed anything with Bam. Because there was that whole thing about Knoxville kicking him off the set and filing a restraining order and you know so it, it's definitely going to be interesting to see that movie play out um, as for Dune that thing looks awesome it's fucking Dune can't wait to watch it. I, I'm really concerned it's going to get delayed, though. With I didn't put it down, but, like, Venom just got delayed. I'm, I swear to God. Okay, AJ? No, fuck that. So Venom just got delayed, right? If we fucking get to Thanksgiving, and there is no fucking James Bond in my movie theater, there will be hell to pay. Isn't it supposed to come out in October? No, I think it's Thanksgiving. I thought it was... I thought... I thought it was Bond and then Doom. I'm pretty positive Bond is Thanksgiving. Let's look. IMDb. Is it Die Another Day? Yeah. No, it's... Release no, that's the 2002 film. Um, it's... Let's see, October, Bond. No Time to Die is the 8th, the 15th is Venom, the 22nd is Doom. It's delayed Venom then to November, that's what they just did. Yeah. Also... No Time to Die, that... The same day that Dune comes out is Jackass Forever. Yeah, okay, let me freeze it. Okay, I'm probably just October then. Uh, if it's October, and there is no fucking James Bond in my movie theater... I mean, there's I'm no gonna... reason for them to delay it. It's done. Like, But like Venom, they just delayed out of that slot. Well, they probably delayed Venom because they saw that No Time to Die wasn't going to delay again. Uh, the rumbling is because theaters are concerned with the pandemic stuff again. Well, I mean, and, well, and that's part of it too, right? Like, Venom needs all the money they can get. Yeah, Bond is Bond. Bond is Bond. It'll sell a gajillion tickets. Dune is Dune. Yeah, fucking, I'm excited for Dune. Which, speaking of, let me check if it's still on the coming soon in HBO. It's still on there. Um, as an October 22nd premiere. Because, what was it, HBO and uh, 
was it AMC? Just signed a thing to make movies exclusive or something? I didn't see that. HBO, AMC. AMC and Warner Brothers have agreed to make movies exclusive to theaters for 45 days. Instead of becoming immediately available digitally, you can lose. Okay, it's 2022. That's going to take effect. Uh, have the exclusivity window, but Warner's CEO said HBO Max could get any exclusive films next year. Warner isn't the only studio negotiating to bring back theater exclusive AMC and Universal. I've worked out a deal as well, which allows for as little as a 17-day exclusivity window. And Disney, along with Paramount, will be doing a 45-day window. And this appears to be a 45-day window for HBO. So, you know, it's... It's the end of the day and date, but also it's only 45 days. That's a month later. I wonder how much money switched hands. Uh, enough to keep AMC alive. That's, that's fair. Because guess what? Diamond hands people, your stocks aren't going to keep that company alive. Uh, give me a second. My phone's doing that thing again where it stops working, so I have to pull up on my phone the rest of the show notes. Oh, there's not much. We've got video game stuff. We've got... You want to start, take us on the first video game news as... The the Typhoon thing, which is... Uh, Typhoon is the studio that was behind Journey to the Savage Planet. And... I don't know. I just feel like everything involved with this studio feels off. So the thing that on this one that I wanted to point out was, uh, was do you remember the new segment I invented a couple months ago called I think game journalists are going to go over, get everything everywhere. Um, did you see the whole like people upset because of a studio made by white males? I th- that's not the issue that I have. Good, because that was a dumb issue. That's why I'm glad it was not it's, an issue. It's it's not no. It's the guy. Is it still the dude? Uh, yeah, it's Alex Hutchinson. Who he he was the guy that was like, uh, trying to dunk on Giant Bomb on Twitter. Was that him? Yeah. And then. Navarro came back and just buried the shit out of him. Did not realize that was him. Okay. Yeah, and he was the one that had like Google. Right. Like, yeah. His Twitter bio made it seem like he was working at Google, not. Not at a Stadia Google. game. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I I think that's the the issue that I have is, the guy at least one of the guys. Um, I don't know about this Reed Schneider guy. Who he helped establish WB Montreal, so he's got some issue with it. Some so my my obvious concern on the studio is it's all Tencent funding, which is Tencent just tangling everywhere. 
Um, but I was just saying the thing that was annoying on Twitter was Schreier and then was being like, well, you see, you started a suit with white people. Like, it's like, it felt like this, like, it was the usual, like, why is there only white people? So, like, I'm like, why does that matter? Like, like, it felt like they were just, well, like, it, posturing for posturing's sake. You know, it's it's an example of Schreier trying to ride any horse that will pull him further. Like, of course he's going to jump on, because the thing to dunk on now on Twitter is white guys in studios. Like, so of course Schreier's going to dunk on a studio full of white guys. They may be super talented. Who knows? Like, but like, yeah, he's just dunking. Be like, you, like, what was his line? I think the line was some along the lines of like, "Just you, just white people. You shouldn't take a studio photo." I'm like, that's such a dumb. Yeah. Like Schreier, you are what you are because of white guys running studios. Like he's he's the perfect example of. He is biting the hand that feeds him. It's just nobody sees the hand. Also, he's by. I don't even care if anyone defends him. He's making dumb arguments. Like, no one has explained to me. If you want to say they inherently excluded not white males from the studio, that might be a problem. Are you trying to say to me they happened to new white males who then formed a studio? I don't see that as the same problem. I mean, this just feels like it's a bunch of friends, right? Like, right. Like, if like if I knew. So imagine like, like so this is going to shock everyone. We in the industry, you know, a bunch of people in the industry. Uh, so like, like, oh, I have funding. I'm probably going to pick people I know I've worked with more often, right? Yeah. So if the discussion is there's a pipeline issue, which is probably the honest discussion you should be having, that's the discussion, right? So your question you should have is, why do you only know those people? And it doesn't inherently mean they're sexist and whatever. It just might be like, oh, these people I work with, which is the pipeline issue the been, that that industry's been working on for 20 or 30 years, right? Like, it takes time for that stuff to kind of really flow. Yeah. Like, it's, 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 it's just absurd, like... Well, and think about it this way, right? Like, video games are going through what Hollywood went through 65 years ago, just today. Mm -hmm. And because of the socio-political landscape, you can't just bury it like they used to in Hollywood. Like, you know... So, yeah, it's it's very interesting to see kind of the retaliation, I guess, of, like, I don't know. It just feels like there are a lot of people that, uh, well, at least the vocal minority out there that want, uh, you know, a video game studio to be helmed by, like, a you know, black or Middle Eastern or what, you know, some non-white, like, pan set, like, you know, somebody that takes all the boxes. Literally all the boxes. Except for, you know, potentially talent boxes. Like, sad reality is, the reason why there's a lot of white guys in video games is because... You know, it's, I think it's a larger, it's a national thing, right? Where, like, the nation, the status of the nation is that the, you know, there are a lot of 
white families that are just better off over like overall. Like I said, like you said, if you're going to argue it's a pipeline issue, which there's probably legitimacy to the pipe, like you know, to like a pipeline from a college to like recruiting or like that issue, sure. But I'm going to go back to then. That sounds like an issue that's saying like you need to bring more diverse junior workforce in, and then naturally come senior, right? Yeah. But the thing of that is, it takes time. If I'm starting a brand new studio with like looks like about 20 ish, I think I was 25 in that picture, I had to bring everyone. They're all at the senior level. I'm not going to hire like more than maybe one junior staffer on that team. Yeah, yeah, because you, you can't afford. Right. You can't afford to have your first project be led by juniors. Like it just like you might as you grow higher. Like really, think what you will see in that kind of student structure is you start senior to mid. You might have some mid, right? Maybe a junior. Like I said, maybe junior artist or whatever. Like maybe that's it. And then as you grow, you hire in juniors. Yeah. That's usually how that kind of stuff works. Just from a money point of view, and like for for publishers to have faith in you. Yeah. Which makes a lot more sense, and could also explain, but like, it's just dumb, this, like, they all need to find actual issues to complain about, not their fucking high horses. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Next. It, it would be one thing, right, like, if this game that they make comes out and it just sucks. Like, that's a whole but different that doesn't help. Right, if you're like, oh, this game sucks. Like, that's, yeah, wait a minute, let's go. Okay. Next new story, it's a little bit older now, but just bringing it up. Uh, Housemark is now part of PlayStation Studios. It's now first part of Sony game scheme. Um, and then there's still the whole Bluepoint thing floating out there that everyone thinks that Sony secretly bought Bluepoint, but they have not announced it yet. So oh, yeah, oh, that's that, a thing. Wasn't there a graphic that came out of Japan that? Had so what it is is Bluepoint so what logo? it was is when they announced um, that 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 Housemark was bought, Sony released a graphic that it showed all the first party teams, right? So you know like Donny Dog, blah blah blah. And and Bluepoint was in that graphic. And then they accidentally deleted it and re-uploaded the correct one. You don't accidentally make that graphic unless you bought them. I mean honestly what happened, most likely, is if they didn't buy them, it was they gave it to an intern to make the graphic. And then they just had a list of like, oh, here's who we. Like the honest answer is they probably bought them and they're probably waiting to announce it. Like, here's who we do business with at, you know, this level. And maybe somebody just happened to write down Bluepoint and. But it looked too, like the the amount of people that would go through realistically, (laughs) the honest answer is probably is they did buy them or they're in the process of. And it's just a matter of when they're announcing it. Because yeah. also, Bluepoint's been a rumor for a while, too. Like, if not, like, a team, that'd be shocking. Well, especially, I mean, they've Bluepoint's really only been working on Sony stuff, so... Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. But yeah, uh, next news story. Um, I thought it was really cool. So there's a new service out there. You just go buy vintage... Uh, game magazines. I think it's by the game history or whatever. Uh, I go with the clock where I go, you go find a bunch talking about it. It's just really cool if you're into old game magazines. The cool little archival piece you could have. Um, so yeah. It's, um, let's see. This guy opted for a single issue before committing to the monthly fee. Paying 20 bucks for a one-time delivery instead of 15 for a monthly service. I can cancel any time. was a waste. I feel very smart while ordering. 
I mean, you only get one. Well, sure, but it's mostly old magazines. I thought it was the whole thing. As part of, to bring video game history back to life, the Video Game History Foundation is working toward collecting a cup, a complete collection of every video game magazine ever published. In the course of that endeavor, selling the duplicates, the organization has ended up with a whole lot of duplicates. Rather than storing them all, they're popping extras into mylar, packaging them with a certificate of authenticity. So it looks like you only get one. You get one magazine a month for fifteen bucks. And also give me a second one deal with dogs. I think I don't know. The idea behind it is interesting in the sense of the video game history foundation doing, you know, getting rid of their duplicates in a meaningful way because I mean otherwise their only other option was either keep them or mm-hmm. re- you know you know keep them or like recycle them I guess and right. you know if they can get a little on the side why not and you know it's it's interesting right like they mention uh Greg Miller pulled out an EGM or whatever. This is I this isn't just uh VGHF that I have a problem with this with. It's the uh the whole industry of art openers and stuff like that. These are totally hand picked. Like yeah. the, the Video Game History Foundation knew that Greg Miller liked EGM and had a history with it so they sent him an EGM it wasn't that he as he put in his tweet scored huge right for for all we know this is a promoted tweet well I'd probably say something like that but uh, like if they say hey they sent me this it'd be like it just Looking at it, it feels like, you know, maybe not necessarily money exchange hands, but like maybe Greg got to pick out the magazine that he wanted, you know, something happened because he's got all the, you know, all the tags and everything for him. He's pretty good, I would argue, about saying stuff like that. Like, I I legitimately, I'm worried about if something different, like that kind of thing happened, he'd be like, like, I feel like that's usually stuff's kind of set. Well, but also this is something that they haven't really like the as I say the whole card opening thing like once you get big enough into streaming you know these rips and stuff like that the companies know what are in the boxes whether they want to admit it or not they know what's in a certain box so they'll send you a box with stuff in it and you know so it's it's a little disingenuine and you know there's there there's a bigger conversation to be had about that industry as a whole 
the whole quote-unquote blind box industry that's exploded recently. But, yeah, I mean, if you were... If you were into video game magazines, I guess, right? Like, here's your opportunity to get back into them. But, you know, this this really feels like, oh, we're running out of space. Let's make money on our junk. I would I would argue with you. I know you think it's expensive. Um, but I would argue with you, A, at least it's to a charity that actually does decent things. So I think this actually isn't a horrible fundraising mechanism. It is, like, it's it's smart of them to turn, as I was saying, like, they're selling their junk effectively. And... Right, they're selling their junk, and, like, there are some people who would, like, think this is cool. Um, and also, like, at the end of the day, I would argue your money is going to a good place. So instead of just donating $15 to them, you get something out of it. Yeah. Because, like, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, at the end of the day, I think this is at least to a good cause. It's an overpriced thing, but, like, when you donate to charities, that's normal. Yeah, it's it's but. certainly interesting. But, like, I'm wondering now, are... Because all of these magazines were donated to the Game History Fund... I, I think it was, was it two or three years ago that they really started to push into wanting to collect every magazine? Um, so, like, are they going to reach a point where either, A, they accomplish their goal of getting to everything and then just stop the service, or, B, are they going to start, like, trying to find certain magazines Right, like, we want to get the Game Informer from July of 06. Right. That'd be interesting. Like, are they going to have to start hunting down some of these things for these blind boxes? Because if that's the case, then it gets into the situation of, you know, if I were holding on to one of the mags... I might, you know, price it up a little bit because I know they're going to get money on it. Like, you know, it's it's certainly yeah. interesting. This is a lot. I think it's interesting. It's worth keeping an eye on. Um, we're going to skip the Assassin's Creed story because I think not shocking news. Um, Steam Deck is a thing since we last talked. Um, it's going to be. I think it's going to be cool. Uh, obviously, it's going to be a small screen and stuff. So I'll be curious what people want to play on this device, but apparently people got their hands on it, really like it, and they should be start shipping out, I believe, at the end of the year. I thought it was November or December, so the thing to keep an eye on. I think if you somehow got into Wave 1, it's supposed to be early November. I thought it was soon. Whereas, yeah. I think a lot of people are getting like Q1 2022 now. Yeah, because there's only it's batched cubes, which it was which is the way I prefer to pre-order electronics is the batch cubes versus you hold them an artificial time longer. And also, the thing I like about that is you could always pre-order it then. Yeah, it just becomes insane. Yeah. But I'd I much prefer that, like the idea of like all the console shortages. I'd much prefer we just do batch pre-orders right now and we just do that. 
Yeah. But that's it is what it is. Okay, uh next news story. I just had to write this down, AJ, I apologize. Uh Nick Olympia announced Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl. Who cares? Which is a fighting game. Come on, you gotta appreciate it. You wanna you wanna see the Danny Phantoms versus the SpongeBob nope. in a like <laughs> That's what Salty Bet's for. <laughs> If I want to see, and yeah. if I want to see crazy fighting game stuff, I just tune into Salty Bet. Hmm. Yeah, that is all of the news we have for kind of the month and a half games we have coming out in September. We've bled into October on this list. Let's go. Deathloop comes out on September fourteenth. Diablo Two Remastered comes out on the twenty third of September. Uh, something I assume you're checking out. AJ Lost Judgment comes out on the twenty fourth of September. I need to still uh, play Far- the first judgment. Feel it felt like a you thing, so it's down. It's, uh, Far it's Cry the Six comes guys, that's why. Yeah. Far Cry six comes out October seventh, and then Battlefield twenty forty two comes out on October twenty second. It is officially fall games have arrived. We are near the Madden season. Let the we games our, begin. We got our first Call of Duty teaser. Or, uh, Did it actually come out? The yeah, the uh, Warzone end screen. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then apparently, I saw it on Twitter when I was scrolling through. Somebody had like a Call of Duty just sent me this, and it's it going to be soon. It was like a twenty some odd second thing. It's super it was... late for it, so. Yeah. I mean, it's it's mid-August as we're recording this. I feel like normally this is like the second Call of Duty thing. Where like it, get a, it gets announced at E3. And then normally around now would be like, oh, and we're showing off campaign. Like, it would be exist, though, which is the thing that's interesting. I wonder if the reason that they've been saving it for so long is because Warzone is just continuing to bring it in. So they have no desire right now to do anything because, you know, why? It's the GTA thing, right? Like, GTA 6 isn't going to get announced until GTA 5 starts to dip. And I don't see that happening anytime soon. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, okay. Um, Scheduling notes as we get into Movie Club. What I am thinking is, just because we did that weird transition one time-wise, is it is already middle of August. I'm thinking uh, just legitimately, and since we're in that weird transition phase, this will probably be a slash September movie. Slash September. September SWW show. So come out, obviously, we'll come out at the tail end of August here. Um, we already obviously did the August movie club, so this will be for the September movie club, and then we'll be back with October on our normal schedule. AJ, I just looked at the films. You're not going to like this. I think there is really only one honest film for the September movie club that this should be, which is the Marvel movie, because I have not seen anything else that fucking matters in September. Oh, you don't want to do News of the World? No. Fucking no. (laughs) 
for uh, Reminiscence. Reminiscence comes out at the end of August, so we could kind of push that into September. But... I think Shang-Chi makes no sense unless one of the I just looking at some, uh, October as we talk about actually has films, November actually has films, September it is like a ghost town of like shit that will matter. What was okay? Candyman comes out at the end of August. Oh, Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because it's it's barren. Like the yeah, Dear Evan Hansen movie. Like the Dear Evan Hansen yeah, movie is the next one that like that's a matters. That's the problem. It's like it is dead. There's a new Kristen Wiig movie. Yeah, we're not seeing Bar and Star go to the star where the fuck it is. No, Queen Pins? <sighs> what are you talking about, Bar and the Star? Uh, what's the. That's the new Kristen Wiig film. No, it's Queen Pins. I was seeing the other one. Isn't Bar and Kara go to oh, the star? Oh, sorry, Kristen Bell. My bad. Oh, okay, that doesn't. Like, I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm like, I'm pretty positive. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, way different, but <laughs> not really. They both kind of occupy the same space now. But yeah, okay. Oh, that movie's so, yeah. gonna suck. There's a movie what? called Karen. It's, <laughs> it's synopsis is a racist woman takes it as a personal mission to displace the new black family that just moved into the neighborhood. They won't back down without a fight. Um, well, yeah, we are not. So yeah, uh, Shang Chi comes out on September third. So well, I wouldn't find the spot somewhere on Labor Day and go check it out. Ooh, uh, Mogul Mowgli with Riz Ahmed. No, no. That is all we have for the August September SWW show. Um. So yeah, remember, we should be back with our weekly streams, assuming no more power outages or freak Midwest storms. Um, you can find AJ at AJ underscore Lewis. You can find me at Mikey underscore Maroney. You can follow the show at the SWW show. And remember, stay pretty out there, ladies and gentlemen. Neuter and spay your cats and dogs. And remember, always cover that willy. We'll be back. This episode is partially brought to you by the Humble Choice Program. Did you know Humble Bundle has a great monthly subscription service that lets you get a ton of video games every single month? That's right, from plans range from $5 to 20 bucks a month, you get a hold of a bunch of free games they have available to you. And you can use our code down in the description below to go and sign up. It would help our podcast and help you see what great games are available for you this month. This podcast was a production of The SWW Show. To learn more, go to theswwshow.com. Remember, you can follow the show on Twitter at The SWW Show. You can follow me at Mikey underscore Maroney. You can follow AJ at Lossiebor. Remember, new episodes premiere on Friday, 9 a.m. Central Time, on anchor.fm slash SWW and podcast services around the globe.